This is a Federal News Network podcast. Customs and Border Protection handles billions of transactions every day, and on a typical day, it processes more than a million travelers coming into the U.S. To support its frontline mission, CBP has agile teams delivering new IT capabilities every two days and hasn't seen any slowdown in the work under the coronavirus pandemic. For more on the agency's IT modernization journey, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman talked with CBP's Chief Information Officer and Acting Assistant Commissioner for Information and Technology, Sonny Bagualia. This is a massive mission in terms of the amount that we track every day. We also, from that standpoint in IT, are doing a lot to uh, make sure that not only focus on our strategic goals, continue to leverage our agency's uh, sort of unique authorities, holdings and intelligence and partnerships that we do across various uh, fronts, but also make sure that we are doing the daily mission. And that's really what it's all about across our various mission lines and support the organization on a daily basis. So I think with that in mind, Clearly, we have a very strong IT shop. I'd say it's one of the best IT operations shops in the government, and I've been in quite a few. This one is quite remarkable. quite a remarkable team. But now with the cloud, that what we started this journey, um, you know, in 2009, or, you know, when the policy came out with sort of going to the cloud in the federal government, it's good to see now at the different departments and now at the largest component within DHS, how we're moving smartly to the cloud. And we have migrated, you know, 88 apps and systems to the cloud and moving smartly on the journey and roughly a third there already. How are critical applications architected with respect to where the compute takes place? Really just this idea of, you know, how CBP is managing things with respect to the Internet of Things, smart devices that connect back to the cloud. Any thoughts there? We obviously look at edge devices, uh, you know, and everything is becoming smart. Obviously, it's in the cloud, it's in the data center. There's a lot of stuff that we're doing. Uh, the compute takes place at the edge from a mission holders, from computers to small devices that I told you that are mobile as well. The data is computed and stored in the data center and also in the cloud. We are able to then architect and make sure that all of these, from mobility to the cloud to what's available on-prem in the data center, they're architected to make sure that uh, everything that we do has uh, sort of mission resiliency and uptime as the number one requirement. Security is built in with appropriate privacy protections and so on and so forth. We're also making sure there's enough redundancy and resiliency so that when we go to the cloud, we have a presence across the United States where we can balance that stuff out and make sure nothing sort of affects our uh, location. Now, keep in mind that we're we're in remote locations. So, you know, in some areas we are like like I told you, those 328 ports of entry, and also those thousands of lines of border. I mean, they're in locations where they're not big cities nearby. So, we're pushing the frontier on how we get that comms. And and if something goes out there, you have to have redundancy. So, we have wireline and wireless redundancy. And our mission is like I said, 24/7, seven days a week. So, we're handling billions of transactions every day. And just one of the systems is processing uh, maybe a trillion in terms of tracking uh, trade, so to speak. So if you're looking at this kind of thing where we're looking at like 23 million import cargo entries, you know, and you look, and I'm talking about some of these are on a daily basis. And we were processing before the COVID, of course, about a million, 1.2 million incoming travelers every day. Uh, that's a lot of traffic there. So we have an on-prem and then we have a cloud sort of environment. But all of these apps are really sort of, some of them are developed a certain way to just make sure they're very redundant and resilient. And then, of course, they're very high transaction orientation. And so we are using a lot of stuff to make sure that they're resilient first 
and make sure they have disaster recovery and they have ability to make sure that data is always secure. Cyber is a big thing that we've you know, integrated into our functions. And, and again, we always have done pretty well in protecting our stuff, but our adversaries keep probing at all times, just like any other agency. It's a daily thing that we got to do to protect. And that's one of the challenges in the government, right? We have to be right 100% of the time, and they only have to be right 1% of the time in a sense that and all they do is you know try to attack, and we have to do it the right way. So it's, a, it's always a challenge there. But we have, uh, so far, so good done a great job and I've got a fantastic team that does this on a daily basis. Since you mentioned it in the beginning of the call here, maybe just it would be worthwhile to check into CBP's award of technology modernization fund funding on some of these IT modernization projects. And it might be worthwhile to check back in on that and see what's the status on that funding and and how the agency has been able to use that funding to scale up some of its projects that it has in the works. Yeah, we're just going through a, a little bit of, uh, I guess, a pro forma paperwork from with GSA. And so I think we should be uh, approved very soon to just get the full money officially transferred over to us. But we've been working with them on it. And the moment we get it, we're ready. Our team is ready. As you know, we handle, I have got like tens of uh, concurrent uh, agile teams, software teams that develop and deliver things every two weeks or in days. So when that thing comes in, we have a team ready to go and make sure that you know, we have a project all lined up to start and migrate that legacy code. It's got about 3.9 million lines of code. And then we're actually going to not only re-platform it, but we're going to recode it. And that's the difference. You know, other people just re-platform, but we're actually going to take it off the mainframe into new code and, and a new way of doing that and also in the cloud. And so that project will go smartly. And then so the moment we get the funding in officially in our hands, the clock starts and uh, we will be transparently reporting that to and uh, working with the DHS and also with the TMF to kind of show them progress. But uh, we do this every day. And so, like I said, we got hundreds of apps that we deploy very, very securely and, and quickly. That system collects stuff for the country. And, uh, and uh, it's a positive story in terms of what it collects. And, and so the return on investment is going to be fantastic on that. So I think we had a good business case. We were the first to get that within DHS. Or DHS, this is the first DHS TMF award. And uh, my team and I were lucky enough to work with the CFO and our stakeholder, trade stakeholders and others to get that. And now I think we're excited to make sure the project's ready. So the moment we get the funds, uh, we will start the project. Uh, I think we're just pretty close right now, just uh, going through a couple of procedural steps. Something that we've asked a lot of agencies these days is just how the pandemic has perhaps changed the trajectory or the pace of IT modernization. I thought that might be a worthwhile question to ask you, given everything that's going on, how has the pandemic changed the trajectory of IT modernization broadly at CBP? I don't think it's changes a bit. We work uh, from anywhere. Yes, we're teleworking more than normally we would have. But we've been, uh, the team has just uh, carried on without missing a beat, pretty much. Software keeps getting developed. We work collaboratively all the time. We have uh, collaboration tools and we actually scaled and got ready for that. And our infrastructure team put those together. And so we're able to seamlessly continue that with not only our govies, but our contractors as well. And our mission stakeholders and also external stakeholders in terms of collaborating with them. Stuff goes on every day. And again, since we use an agile methodology, we're able to then collaborate and then the stuff is deployed into uh, our settings and we go forward. Of course, you know, people are still being a little careful as to when sometimes we have to go in. I will say that a lot of our agents and officers, keep in mind, and CBP are still working on the front lines from day one. 
So in some areas, our, my field technology ops folks are sort of working with them on the front line. So that portion of my team has definitely been with them all the time, dispatching and, and supporting. But the rest of this are teleworking in the, in the headquarters area. But uh, we have not missed a beat in either one of those things. That's Sonny Bagawalia, CBP's Chief Information Officer and Acting Assistant Commissioner for Information and Technology, talking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.